1: Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, the home of cycling, sponsored by Laka. I'm Graham Wilgos, and Brad on the Rest Day podcast. Um, we should look forward to Tuesday, Stage 16, into the Vercor and some deceptively difficult climbs. 164 kilometers from La Tour du Pin to Villard de Lans. It looks like one for the breakaway, uh, with one category, one climb two cat twos one cat four and one cat three to finish how are you feeling as a GC rider going into this part of the race with that stage ahead of you and then stage 17 the queen stage to follow
2: ah it's just you're getting into the the last knock-ins of the race now really and um, it's just important to keep the focus although it's a rest day you don't want to have too much of a rest day like I said for the main GC guys the likes of Primoz and that we'll probably ride two hours ride a few efforts as well just to keep sweating and stuff but not that way you can still eat a lot of food and things you know a lot but lots of riders will just have a complete rest day it's important to keep the routine at this stage keep the body ticking and keep the focus really because it's gonna be a tough day or well, not not a decisive day i don't think for the gc guys no. but the day after it, it's just about kept ticking down the days. You now you've got tuesday wednesday thursday friday there's four days and then friday night the minute you get off the bike friday night you get into tt mode for the day after tt day and then paris so you, you've Forget Paris. The TT Day will take care of itself. So you've got four days left in this Tour de France, really, to make a difference. Um, yeah.
1: How's Primoz Roglic going to be feeling going into the rest day? Because it's gone it's, no. about as well as it possibly could for yeah. him up to this point, right?
2: They've not put a foot wrong the whole race, that team. Primoz is cool, calm, and collected. He'll look forward to the rest day. I imagine he'll see his family, his kid. And I just think he'll be focused on, it's like another stage race now, another four days, then the time trial, then Paris, So. He's got it sewn up, really. Well, sewn up. I mean, his closest ally is his, is his countryman, Pogacar. But I can't see him really losing that much time to Pogacar on the time, track, unless he has a dreadful day. But as we've seen, you know, crashes, anything like that, something could affect the race. I am i can't see Pogacar keeping up this strength over the next week.
1: I mean, this is where the race goes over 2,000 metres. So at stage 21 17. years of
2: age. I mean, he's been a revelation, has he, really? He already was at the Volta last year, but, I mean, it remains to be seen. But it's for Primoz to lose now. Yeah. Uh, Stage stage 17 will
1: be the hardest summit finish of the race. And and you've got two or category climbs in there um, as well. How's Ineos and how's Dave Brailsford and in particular Egan Bernal going to be looking at this last week? What can they salvage from it? Um, and and are they going to be looking for stage wins now? Are they going to be looking to look? You can still make the top. You can still make the podium.
2: I think they're going to have to try and win stages, aren't they? Because they're a long way off the podium now.
1: Eight minutes behind. I can't Robich. see how they
2: can salvage anything in GC. And what is the podium to them, having won the tour the many times they have? Mm. They've got to go for stage wins. Who can? The only one who possibly could is Kriozowski because he's in great shape. Mm. You know, they haven't got anything from this tour so far, have they? Other than a couple of days in a white jersey. With uh,
1: so the the last time they came away with with nothing, twenty eleven, when you crashed out, what was the
2: what was the 13, feeling? Was it they what was the
1: feeling then? Fourteen. Oh, well, four, fourteen. They came. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: well,
1: I don't know. I crashed out. But they, they they looked like they could win it in twenty fourteen. though um, Yeah. But, and it was only yeah. whereas where's well twenty ten I suppose really twenty eleven you you were obviously favourite. Yeah. but Twenty ten was really the, the last time that. Yeah.
2: was nothing. Was it? it was just a poor tour. But then G, G had a couple of days in white that year.
1: Yeah. The young rider. Um,
2: look. Yeah. Oh. It happens, you you know. It's hard to stay on the top every year, isn't it? And um, this year they've just not got it right. I don't know what what's happened there. Um, for a team that's so performance orientated and such planning that goes into their seasons, it's just not worked for them mm. for one reason or another. And yeah, had it been football, Dave would have been, you know, Dave be out. <laughs>
1: you know, wouldn't <laughs> well, it? Well, we we look forward to seeing those banners on the plinth. No, but Alfie, it's like, that's maybe. how
2: football works, isn't it? But Dave's been here before. They'll replan. Restructure, and I think that um, they'll come back next year with a full lineup. And you know, with, with it being the world going back to normal as well, I think you know that that would help,
1: yeah. Um, and you'll and he'll, he'll have to do it without Chris Freem, of course, yeah. He's moving on to Israel's startup nation next season. Orla Shenoui caught up with him to talk about whether he's keeping up with the tour in his absence and how he's faring this week at Toronto Adriatico.
0: So, Chris, you've just finished stage six of Torreno-Adriatico. How's it going for you?
2: Hey, Ola.
3: Yeah, it's going well. It's going well. I'm enjoying uh, being back in the peloton again and um, getting getting some big miles here over in over in Torreno. It's sort of 200k stages every day, so it's uh, it's good racing.
0: We know that you weren't where you would have wanted to be for the Tour de France. Are you where you would want to be right now regardless in Torreno? Are you going as you would have wanted to?
3: Yeah, hundred percent. I'm i starting to feel definitely better and better. I, th- I think um, through obviously the the whole recovery process, and then for that to have been followed up by by the whole lockdown, not being able to sort of get back into racing, I, I really felt as if I was missing that speed, that sort of race speed and that that rhythm of being in the race. And um, I, I think being here in Torino now, I can feel that's that's definitely coming back. The more racing I'm doing, um, I'm feeling more comfortable on the wheels and. Definitely, things are heading in the right direction.
0: We saw that you had a bit of a crash on stage five with about 50 kilometers to go, I think it was. You ended up losing almost 30 minutes and um, being around about one hour down. That's not where we're used to seeing you, Chris, is it?
3: (laughs) No, I mean, obviously, I mean, if if I'm not here for GC, there are days where I'll do a job. And once I've done my job, I'm I'm not going to keep going as hard as I can to the finish. So then it's you, you sit up, you pull the plug and you try and recover the best you can for... For the next day and uh yesterday i did take a bit of a tumble uh 50 kilometers to go the roads were really sketchy left right left right and um i hit a hit a patch of uh, gravel in a corner and just lost my front wheel um but yeah took t- t- took an age to try and get a get a spare bike um and just w- once i did i just uh yeah that was it for the day just cruised to the finish with the gruppetto and uh yeah looked after my, looked after myself the best i could
0: Given where you are in your recovery and, and where you've come from, do crashes like that almost hurt all the more? Because I guess you, you, you've you probably gone through a period of feeling incredibly vulnerable. And I don't mean physically, you know, more emotionally, mentally. Do, do, is it harder for you to take a tumble now or, or have you gone the other way and become more hardened to it?
3: I, I think I actually jinxed myself. I mean, it was that morning, I think, I was just thinking to myself, ah, it's it's interesting. I've been back, back racing, back on the bike for a good sort of eight, nine months, and uh, I haven't crashed yet. It's, it's going, going pretty well, and yeah, I tr- trust, trust that to happen. Um, but yeah, it was fine. I mean, I literally just hit the ground, grazed myself a little bit, and bounced back up. But uh, I, I, I don't, thankfully, I think, because I obviously don't remember anything from the crash, I, I don't have any kind of... Uh, lingering sort of fears on the bike or I mean it just feels feels good to be back racing I love it I I love love being in the bunch I love uh, that sort of having to fight for that position again and just just being amongst it really.
0: Chris I don't know how honest you feel you can be with us but how much do you miss being at the Tour de France?
3: <laughs> I definitely miss being there. Um, I mean, watching it now. I mean, it's it's great to watch. I love I love watching as a fan. I, like I get excited watching the stages, the finishes, um, whether they're, whether they're sprints or, or GC days. I mean, it's it's great to great to watch, and especially knowing all the all the all, all the sort of main characters uh, personally makes it a little bit more interesting to watch as well because you know the, the the politics and the dynamics between people. But um, certainly for myself, I mean, I, I, do, miss, I do miss being there. Um, but I think the most important thing for me right now is, is to make sure that when, when I do go back there, I'm going to be 100% again and ready to fight for another title. I don't just want to go be going there and just suffering to finish stages. Uh, that, that's not going to do me much good at the moment. So I, I think um, this approach now, focusing on other, other sort of blocks of racing and blocks of training and hopefully get myself ready for the Vuelta, um, hoping that it all, all goes ahead this year. Um, it'd be fantastic just to get a Grand Tour in the legs this season and uh, take me through to next season.
0: So what have you made of what you've seen at the Tour de France then, Chris? There has been so much talk about uh, Jumbo Visma um, being yep. a more dominant team. And, you know, in the years that you've won, we're so used to seeing any Grenadiers, as you now are, um, leading the pace at the front and dominating the race and, and almost putting a stranglehold on it. It's very different this year. What have you made of that from afar?
3: It it is a very different race uh, this year. And I I think everyone has to keep in mind sort of what the build-up to the Tour de France was this year. I mean, we didn't have that much racing coming into the Tour. Um, A lot of the peloton, I'd say over 50% of the peloton was stuck uh, in lockdown on turbo trainers for, for a few months prior to the Tour. Some people were out training on the roads, uh, and it's, it's interesting to see, uh, so obviously from, from the group of GC riders, who was actually allowed out training and who was stuck inside. And obviously the Slovenians were allowed out and they, uh, they seem to be flying. Um, I mean, Roglic and Pogaccia really, they seem to have a hold on the race at the moment. Pogaccia seems to be lighting the race up at any opportunity he gets. And, uh, Roglic seems to be v- really dominant with, with the Jumbo Visma team. I mean, they're controlling everything really well. Um, it remains to be seen if they can keep it up for three weeks. Uh, that's going to be the challenge for for Roglic, I think. I mean, typically in the past we, we have seen him tail off uh, towards end of Grand Tours, and and certainly the tail of this Tour de France is is brutal. Um, they've got the Grand Colombia stage tomorrow, and then they've got after the rest day um, probably what I'd call the the Queen stage. Um, I can't quite remember the name of the finish now, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I think stage 17. They've got a massive, massive uphill finish there. And then, obviously, the, the time trial uh, up Planche de Belfi um, on stage 20. So there's there's some heavy GC days right at the end of the race. And it's going it's to be interesting to see if Roglic can hold on to it. Um, Egan um, seems to be having sort of ups and downs. Um, it's quite difficult to tell exactly how he's feeling in the moment. Um, I mean, I'd like to think like last year, he, he can really come right in the last week and um, and make a difference there, uh, especially when, when it gets harder. But um, from from a minute down, it's it looks like it's going to be pretty difficult for him um, to make a difference against Roglic.
0: So Chris, who would you say is looking like the favourite to win the Tour de France? And it sounds like you think if he can hold on, then this is Roglic's Tour to lose. Is that right?
3: Definitely Roglic tour to lose. I'd I'd agree with that. I mean, I'd love to see Egan win, um, but at the same time, I think Bogachev's he's he's not far off either. I mean, he he seems to be the freshest out of all of them. He just seems to be um, at ease all the time. It's it's amazing to watch him race.
0: If you were in your best form, if we were seeing Chris Froome, as we know Chris Froome can ride, how would you be taking on Primoz Roglic and Tadej Pogacar?
3: Oh. That's um yeah, I mean it's a hard one and, and there's no there's no answer to that. You just any little opportunity that presents itself, every <clears throat> excuse me, every every GC stage, um you just have to push the limits um and, and wait for cracks to appear. And if, if they don't, then, then they've won. Clear as that.
0: Watching the level of racing that we're seeing at the Tour de France and and the teams and, and how things are changing, I guess, at this year's Tour. How confident are you, Chris, about winning another Tour de France?
3: <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, I'm not getting too carried away with with that thought right now. I mean, I'm just going to keep, uh, obviously, uh, cracking away with with my training, with racing um, away from the tour, and uh, keep keep building towards next year. And um, obviously, there are no no guarantees in sport, but um, yeah, I mean, I've obviously got a, a massive uh, massive will to to be back there next year and um, certainly with, with a new team, a bit of a new challenge in that in that sense. Um, I'm hoping I'll be back to my best next year.
0: How important is this year's Vuelta in that respect then to show that, that you are on the right track and that you're building in the right way?
3: I mean, the Vuelta is definitely a, a key part of that. Um, but I, I don't think the Vuelta is necessarily the, the be-all and end-all of that either. I mean... Um, I think what's, what's most important is I get to the end of the season knowing that I've, I've, I've made, a, made the progression that I've needed um, to get back to my old self again um, so that I can start next season really with a, with a clear slate and uh, get, get, get straight back into it.
0: And what about Geraint Thomas then? He's doing remarkably well at Torrena Adriatico, building towards the Giro, which is sooner of course than the Vuelta. Um, how do you rate his form at the moment? <laughs>
3: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, um, G's G's looking good. He's um, he's right up there. He's sitting third on GC, I think, at the moment uh, over here in Torino, Um With a with a short time trial to come, so um, hopefully, hopefully, he'll finish up on, on the podium uh, here in Tirreno, which which I think is is perfect for him going into the Giro. Um, Giro is going to be a tough tough race this year, uh, different from from other years. But three time trials in it, I think, it really suits him well. Um but certainly against the, the guys he's racing against, I think he's got a he's got a great chance of winning it.
0: Chris, I'm going to be a little bit cheeky here because um I think a lot of people have, have watched Daniels Grenadiers at the Tour de France and maybe wondered, mm, I wonder what Chris Frimm and Geraint Thomas could have done after all in support of Egan Bernal at the Tour de France. Do you and, and Geraint have that chat over dinner any evening and say maybe we could have been <laughs> useful there?
3: No, I mean, I, I think oops, I can only really speak for myself. But I mean, I would have been more than happy to have, to have gone to the tour and helped as much as I could. Um, but I, I think it made a lot more sense for me to 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 not be under that sort of amount of pressure right now. Obviously, where, with where I'm at, trying to get back to my old level. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really difficult to tell from an outside. I mean, I think obviously between myself and G, we've got a lot of experience with been racing the tour for years now we've, we've won it uh, five times between the two of us so I would have liked to think we could, could have contributed in that sense uh, in terms of helping the team but I mean at, at the end of the day the tour does come down to physical um, the legs having the legs and um, that's that's what's going to be the difference at the end of the day and will, will, will be the factor or if, if Egan can win on us it's going to come down to how he's feeling in, in these last 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 few days GC days.
0: So you would have quite liked to play played a support role, so was it more a team decision not to bring you then rather than a personal one?
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I, I think I could have played a role, but um, the team decided uh, that was uh, yeah not, not going to be the best thing for for them and, and for myself personally.
0: Chris, best, best of luck with Torino Adriatico and with The Road to the Vuelta. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and, and for being so honest with that. It. it was fantastic, thank you.
3: Cheers, all Thanks.
1: And that brings us to the end of this episode of the Bradley Wigan Show by Eurosport. Thank you to our sponsor, Laka. Thank you, Brad. Ready for a rest day yourself, I think. Yeah, I'm
2: going to get out for a nice long run tomorrow.
1: Yeah, good. Enjoy it. We can follow you on social at Sir Wiggo. Sir sure Wiggo. I should add that you can follow Eurosport on Twitter at Eurosport underscore UK. Plus, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks to our producer, Pete Burton. Pete Burton. (laughs) And finally, from me, Graham Wilgus, it's goodbye. If you've enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, share your thoughts, and rate us wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hold up.